So first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to chat to you guys all the way from Sweden, which is very, very cool. Um, and let's start from the start. So for you, Anna, can you tell me about your role um, in IKEA? Uh, I work as a range design leader uh, at Lighting and uh, I work in Elmhult in Sweden at uh, IKEA of Sweden. And um, my job includes uh, leading the range building uh, for the lighting offer. And with that, I manage the range plan and the product portfolio, making sure that we have a range which is both commercially strong and also delivering, of course, to our vision of creating a better home for the many people. Awesome. And how about you, Sarah? I actually have a very similar role, but I work with the kitchen range. Uh, so I'm also a range design leader, uh, but I'm managing the kitchen range, which includes everything from our method kitchen system to the fronts, trolleys, taps, knobs and handles. So it's a very uh, complex but fun range to work with. That sounds really, really interesting. And I guess, um, as we know, working at IKEA, there are many opportunities. So I'd love to um, chat to you, Sarah, about um, your IKEA journey so far and what that's looked like. I've uh, only been working at IKEA for three years now. Uh, I've been working with kitchen business for quite some while, though. I started working with uh, appliances and then I worked actually for a kitchen competitor in Sweden uh, before I started in IKEA uh, as a product developer, working with the kitchen fronts. And that's also when I came in contact with Anna, who was my predecessor in the same area. So we've actually been working with the same ranges before. Uh, and then a year ago, I started in this new role, working with the whole kitchen range. So it's been a really exciting journey so far. Oh, awesome. And how about you, Anna? You made me sound like, sound like a dinosaur now, Sarah. <laughs> I've, been working, <laughs> I've been working at IKEA for uh, soon uh, 10 years. Um, and before that, I worked as a designer at the design consultancy in, uh, in Copenhagen. Uh, so my first role at IKEA was working as a product developer in bathroom. And uh, then a few years later, I continued with the same role, but in kitchen, uh, where Sarah then took over after me. Um, and then I was responsible for the range of kitchen fronts, worktops and knobs and handles. And uh, it is a bit more than three years ago now. Uh, so that is actually when Sarah came in. I started working as a product developer and range leader in lighting. So I've been working with the, the development of the IKEA range for the whole time at, uh, at IKEA of Sweden, but in different areas. And that is what makes it so fun to, to work at IKEA with the range. Oh, awesome. And uh, my question that I'd like to ask you both next is actually around the topic of sustainability. We know it's super important at the moment um, in our world and, you know, lots of people, um, you know, are feeling either anxious or, um, you know, excited about the topic. I'd love to know from the both of you, can you tell me a little bit about um, why you think sustainability is so important for IKEA, particularly right now? At IKEA, I think that it's uh, it's we are of course aiming to to be in the forefront in the industry of using more sustainable materials in our products, and um, and I what is what is really important then is of course that sooner or later the whole industry needs to change. Uh, we have a lot of virgin materials that we have been using for so much uh, time now, and they will not last forever. So I think we have to see, start seeing waste as a resource and we need to be better at using recycled materials, renewable materials. Um, and mainly, of course, since our products are bought by so many people, 
and uh, and by offering more sustainable materials we can actually have we actually have the opportunity to contribute to a change worldwide and i think that that is amazing i completely agree uh, and i think especially since ikea is one of the biggest furniture companies in the world i mean the impact we can make it is it's even difficult to grasp uh, and it's all the way from how we source our materials how we produce the products we ship it and sell it so it's, it's so many different aspects and I, I also feel like being sustainable is not just, you know, a fashionable word in IKEA. It's, you know, how we do this and it's in our basic values. And I think we, we also really focus on developing solutions that reaches the many, but with a long-term mindset. So we're always considering, you know, the next generation. Yeah, for sure. And Anna, I'd love to talk to you now about um, a, partic- a particular product that you were um, very, um, you know, focused in creating as, a, as I don't know if you were the project lead for it. Um, and what I'm going to do first is actually ask you how to pronounce it properly, because I'm going to probably get it wrong <laughs> all the way from Australia. So I'll have a go. Um, so it's the Kungbaka Kitchen Doors. Is that how you say it, first and foremost? Uh, close. Uh, it is Kungsbaka. Kungsbaka. Okay, oh, I got good. it. Yeah, Very thank good. you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small, uh, it's a small uh, uh, town in uh, in the west coast of uh, Sweden. It's a really beautiful small town. So that is where the name comes from. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Good to know. <laughs> and um, just on the doors, can you tell me why they're so unique and so important for IKEA? And the Kungsbacke kitchen doors was actually the first kitchen fronts, as far as we know, on the market, made completely from uh, from waste. And the inner panels, uh, which is called the shipboards, it is made from uh, small parts of recycled wood. And then the plastic foil that you see on the outside, on the top, it's made from recycled uh, PET bottles. And what is unique is, of course, also that this is materials that you touch and hold every day, right? So hopefully that will also make people understand the value of materials. I mean, even if you see it as waste in the end of the lifetime, it can become a new product, which would actually be lasting for 25 years more. And if you then compare to uh, holding a PET bottle, you drink it in like 25 minutes. So, so I think that that is quite an amazing uh, story to actually tell the customers about Kungsbacka. Yeah, that is phenomenal to know and to think of it in, in that way, actually, 25 minutes to 25 years. That's astounding. Um, and can you please talk me through your role in the project um, and also how did it come about? Yeah, I was leading uh, the team. I worked as a product developer back then. So I was leading the team initiating uh, the project. And uh, in the team, we always have those discussions, how we can improve the range, how can we make the range better from all different aspects. And of course, then thinking about democratic design, where we have form, functionality, quality, low price and sustainability as our main things to uh, focus on. And we had a brainstorming session about how we could exceed and excite our customers within those different aspects. And when it came to sustainability, uh, we were thinking quite a lot, actually, on uh, on that uh, part. And, and how can we actually excite our customers when it comes to sustainability? And then one of us said, just like, what if we could make a kitchen door from waste, from pure waste? And that was actually how it started. 
And we set up a meeting with one of our best development suppliers uh, located in Italy. And we worked really, really close together with them throughout the whole process to be able to find new and innovative ways to actually make reality of that sentence, how we can make it out of waste. And how long did that sort of come from, you know, from the brainstorm and that ideation? How long did it take to get from woe to go? It took about two years uh, from that brainstorming session until we actually the front reached the customers on the shop floor. Um, And that is normally how long time it takes at IKEA to develop uh, a product. I would say that is the kind of average uh, time. So in this case, I would say that we were rather quick because we also had to have some innovation journey along the way. Yeah, fantastic. And I'd love to know why um, PET bottles were chosen as the, um, the, you know, the material that was going to be used in the in the kitchen front doors. Um, was there a reason? Why is there something about that particular material that made it, um, you know, more durable or something? Mm-hmm. But it's a good question. We had, of course, several several different options to choose from. And it all had its pros and cons. And of course, also we know from our service that most people, they don't want to compromise on form, uh, on function or quality when they buy a more sustainable product. And they definitely don't want to uh, also um, compromise on the price. So therefore, we had to make sure all these aspects were in place uh, and a price was, of course, one of the most important aspects for us because at, um, we had a strong belief that the price should be, should not be the reason to opt out from buying Kungsbacka, uh, to, and have a more sustainable choice. So when we looked into the different materials, we saw that recycled PET was the material where we had the least compromises. Not saying that we didn't have any compromises at all, uh, but it was the least compromises when we look it into our democratic design aspects. And just on the the topic of democratic design, I know you sp- you spoke about just before the five principles of democratic design. Um, you know, price is obviously one of the the really important things. But were there any other challenges in terms of um, kind of working out what those things were around the Kungsbacker kitchen um, cabinets that that you had to consider as part of the project? Along the way, we actually had all the democratic design aspects as our leading star. And all the time when we had meetings, we were weighing the different uh, aspects uh, to each other. Uh, But in the end, we didn't want to compromise on anything. No one in the team wanted to compromise. So it meant that we actually had a lot of obstacles uh, during the way. Uh, It was about that we had a problem how to create the chamfers on the edges that we thought that was really a form aspect that made the kitchen really beautiful when the light uh, hit the kitchen, it created shadows and, uh, and interesting horizontal lines that we visually thought was super important uh, for, for the whole aesthetics. Uh, it was also about the color of the foil. When working with recycled materials, it is really hard to, to get the right color. And we are kind of picky at IKEA working with our colors that they should actually be also the same throughout. No matter if we're having a lacquered metal or if we're having a plastic or if we're having a textile, we have certain colors that should be exact match. So this was one of the colors that we use throughout the IKEA range. And then, of course, we had to work really hard on setting that color in the exact uh, NCS tone. 
That's so and interesting. Then, then also it was uh, about the production setup. We were visiting um, the production facilities together with the designers, looking into how we could actually make this super production friendly as well. And we had some uh, problems with the machines, could not handle the smallest front sizes and actually bend the foil over the edges. So uh, at one point we said, yeah, but we can't have the, the inner panel of the smallest fronts in recycled wood. And then we would have lost the message of made completely from waste throughout uh, if one of the sizes of the fronts wouldn't have that. So, but in the end, we, we made it work. Uh, and we had, as I said, all those meetings in the team and also together with our supplier where we, I went into those meetings being sure that I had to compromise on something that was really important to me. But every time I came out from those meetings with new energy, renewed persistency to overcome those obstacles. And I was really so impressed with the supplier and the whole team at IKEA for not giving up on all those aspects and really making it work in the end. I wouldn't believe that from the start with seeing all the obstacles we actually had. Oh, that's fantastic. That really, really is. And I imagine, yeah, persistence is probably a key word in what you've just said, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Um, so in terms of what we set out to achieve, do you feel like we are, um, you know, are we where we wanted to be? And, um, you know, throughout this journey, what are you most proud of? I would say I'm most proud of that. It's actually possible to just throw out this sentence during a brainstorming. What if we could made it out of waste and how the whole team got so convinced of, uh, of actually making it and having the, uh, let's do it attitude. Uh, and it is in the end all about great teamwork and close collaboration with our supplier and all the specialists involved. And there is also one more thing that I'm really proud of. And that is also how we communicated the story, making sure that we in a simple and also very transparent way uh, are able to tell the customer about the journey. And of course, that there are so many people out there uh, with Kungsbacka kitchens, where we then make sure that we're reusing millions of PET bottles and recycled woods that is not becoming landfill. No, that's awesome. And actually, that leads me into very nicely into my next question, actually. So one for you, Sarah. Um, I'd love to know more around the consumer response, you know, in response to all this messaging and how we've actually pulled together this product, um, you know, and what does that mean for kitchens moving forward? Mm-hmm. We have enormously good feedback, actually, from all the customers. Uh, we haven't had any negative. And I think it's Partly what Anna was mentioning, it's both the combination of a good price, a great product and the sustainability message. It, it's just, you know, a beautiful combination of all of these. So we have really good feedback and it's, it's actually quite a funny story because we were talking about when me and Anna first met, I because when I was working at a competitor company, I remember this story about Kunzbaka coming out from Ikea and I remember just thinking, oh, now IKEA did it. Oh, we're, we're so far behind. And, you know, I thought this was such an amazing story. And then I joined IKEA and I just felt like, oh, this is truly good design. And now we need, really need to take this further. Um, so I think at this step, uh, now 
our customers are not only thinking about sustainability as a nice to have, but it's actually a must have for a lot of customers. So we really see that this is something to build on and to really take further now. And do you think PET bottles are going to be the material that will continue to work with or is it something else that's caught your eye? Uh, I mean, we're definitely looking into now recycled plastic as a, as a standard for uh, all of our, let's say, plastic foil fronts. Um, so we're moving away from single-use plastic, uh, which means that we are changing to recycled plastic materials. But it doesn't have to be just PET, actually, because there is a, a lot of different plastics, for example, PMMA and polypropylene, uh, which now we can also use as recycled. So we are constantly pushing the material agenda to find new and better alternatives, uh, but also to make sure that we have enough supply because now there's an enormous uh, demand for this material since everybody realizes how good it is. So it's actually getting harder and harder to get hold of the recycled materials. So we really need to push this. Um, however, we do have a long-term ambition in IKEA to actually completely phase out the fossil materials and use of plastics, uh, which means that we also need to find new bio-based materials. Uh, this is a very long-term agenda and it's a really challenging one. So I think for now we're looking into new recycled options, which will be really good development, but also long-term actually finding an alternative to plastic altogether. Yeah, fantastic. And do you think, um, you know, in terms of the exploration that you're doing with these materials, do you think there's opportunity to take that into other parts of the IKEA business? Definitely. Because, uh, I mean, focusing in on kitchen, we are looking at a lot of different materials. Uh, and except for recycled plastic materials, uh, as I mentioned, depending on what type of product we're using it for, uh, we are looking into bio-based materials, which is then preferable. Uh, and here there's a lot of innovative materials such as uh, plant-based, this can be corn, sugar canes, we can use cellulosa from wood, uh, where we can develop materials with the plastic properties, but it's really used from renewable materials in a different way. Uh, they are not completely industrialized yet, so there's still you know, some way to go to be able to produce it in IKEA uh, volumes, but it's definitely on the way. Uh, we are also looking into, you know, using wood in a good way because wood is a really good <laughs> bio-based material, but we also know that there can be shortages. Uh, we might be, you know, producing too much waste. Um, so we are focusing on really using wood in the best way possible, uh, using the good parts for visible surfaces, for example. Uh, one example is how we have now started uh, facing out solid wood for our workshops and kitchen, where we're going to using only thick veneer uh, on a hollow carrier, which means that we are using the best part of the wood where we need to, and then we're not using it uh, inside where we really don't have to have it because we're still having really good quality and properties, but we're using the wood in a much better way. Um, we're also looking into, for example, bamboo as an alternative to wood, which is uh, which has the same properties. It looks like wood, uh, but it actually grows back in four to six years. Uh, and they harvest the bamboo forest in a, in a very different way. So it actually binds the CO2 in a much better way uh, and it's constantly green. So I think bamboo could also be a really good alternative to uh, solid wood going forward. 
It's so fascinating to hear about the different materials and actually that we're looking to explore how they're used and, um, you know, just ensuring that the environment is really looked after when we're looking to develop these products. So I guess we've been talking a lot around um, circularity when it comes to actual materials. And I'd love to know, um, this is a bit of an out there thing, but is there opportunity for us to be reusing um, old kitchens as part of our production design and how we actually develop these products? That's a really interesting question, which I think we really need to explore further because, uh, as we have mentioned, we have 25 years guarantee on our kitchen. So they actually last a really long time. And when it comes to reusing the old kitchens, we are already using particle board as carriers, which do consist of recycled content meaning old chipped wood-based materials. So it could actually consist of old kitchens. However, when it comes to um, reusing the kitchen, I think we could look into refurnishing, for example, the kitchen fronts. Uh, Repainting it is something we know that our customers already do. And I think that's something we could really explore further. Uh, But when it comes to the circularity topic, there's so many different aspects of it. uh, And we are tapping into a lot of different ones. Uh, So one other area where we have really been now pushing the development with our suppliers is also using uh, green energy in production. Since we're now building on Kungsbacka, since that is basically a standard now to use the recycled materials, uh, we launched in last October, we launched Bodar, the new kitchen front, which is also based on recycled materials. But we also uh, actually produced it with 100% renewable energy. So it's all green electricity throughout the whole production chain from sub-supplier to the final product. And I think this is also really interesting. So not just focusing on, on the materials, but also how we produce it. Uh, And here we also have great support from our suppliers and we can see that this is something that they're all really working on to have wind or solar power, for example, in uh, the production. Um, and there, there's, as I said, there's so many circularity initiatives. Uh, for example, we are implementing uh, the wedge towel in a lot of different IKEA products where we have storage furniture. Uh, and this means that we will not use to, uh, as much metal brackets or screws, which means that the furniture is both easier to assemble, but it's also easier to disassemble, which means that we could probably prolong the life of the product because you could then... Uh, replace broken components easier. So you could actually, you know, fix the product. Uh, but also in, at the end of the life, you could also disassemble and separate the different materials much easier to actually recycle or re- reuse it in a much easier way. Uh, and then I also mentioned uh, the alternative to solid wood, which is also a really good direction. Uh, where I think the the thick veneer worktop is a really good example, which has also gotten a lot of good feedback from our customers that really gets uh, why we're doing this. And they also see that it is actually a better product in the end. Uh, We get a better price, we actually get better quality, and we use less of the wood. So that's also a great circularity story. Oh, that's so fantastic to hear that we're thinking of the, you know, the circularity from how it's made right through to how, you know, the consumer uses it and then how it could live on as well. I think that's so, so in- inspiring to hear actually. Um, and you just touched on then around, you know, consumer perception and, and feedback from customers. Um, what has the feedback been like from customers? Um, you know, we really push this message from a Kungsbacker perspective when we're talking about it being used, um, created by, you know, recycled PET bottles. But actually, what other, um, what, what are we hearing from customers? Are they liking it? Do they think it's good? Um, do they want to see more of it? We'd love to hear more about that. 
Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, we have had really positive feedback. Uh, and it's, as I said, I think it's something that people expect by now, that it shouldn't just be a great product, it shouldn't just look nice and be a good price, but it should actually be very sustainable. Uh, and as Anna mentioned, I think we did a really good job in communicating the sustainability story for Kunstwerke, and I think that's something to build on so that we do have a uh, message that the customer can really understand in a good way so that we're not overcomplicating it. So I think, for example, using PET bottles, which is something you use in your daily life, or having green energy in production, um, I think this is something to build on. And uh, we can really see that the customers appreciate it and uh, request it, actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, there's obviously the consumer perception, but also I wonder if um, you guys have any insights in terms of other brands doing similar initiatives. Are we seeing any trends in this space? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different brands uh, focusing on kitchen that are, uh, you know, targeting the sustainability part of uh, the business. Uh, I, I haven't actually seen any business that is taking as big of a grip on it as Ikea. And I think we're also pushing the agenda quite a lot since we do have such a big market share. And we are, as we mentioned, we are focusing so much on sustainability as part of our uh, basic values. I think we are really pushing the development of materials, which then, of course, others can also benefit from since we are using similar materials. Um, but personally, I haven't seen any um, similar story to Kungsbaka, for example. Uh, there's different types of sustainability focuses. Some are working more with eco-labeling, other type of uh, sustainability focuses. Uh, but I, I I'm personally really proud on the IKEA way of doing this and how we are pushing that agenda. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and just on that, you know, you know, IKEA is pushing the agenda, which is really, really exciting to hear and see. Um, what are you most excited about for the next five to ten years? What's um, what's the future look like for IKEA? Yeah, it, it's a very big question, and there's so many different topics because what, both when it comes to the products, uh, we are exploring a lot of different new constructions. Uh, we are looking into also lightweight, for example, because lighter products uh, is a great uh, way to actually reduce the CO2 emissions when we put them on a pallet and ship them. So both reducing, for example, the density of our product, but also moving to hollow construction, which is a very common IKEA uh, way of doing products, but we're, we're not that uh, into it in kitchen. So implementing more hollow constructions could be one very uh, exciting journey. Uh, I'm also really excited about how the, for example, the thick veneer workshops will roll out now uh, and how it's perceived by all the customers based on the very positive feedback we've gotten so far. But then I think one really interesting uh, focus will also be how we can actually help our customers to live a more sustainable life in the kitchen not just uh, what the actual product consists of, but how we can you know, support the customers to live more sustainable. We know that water scarcity and also food waste are huge problems already. Uh, and with the growing population, these areas will increase. So we really need to address this, uh, which we will focus on more going forward, uh, both when it comes to reducing food waste and also how we can uh, manage the water in the kitchen. 
Yeah. And what about you, Anna? I know you, you started the, the journey way back when, when you asked the question, what if we created? Um, what, what are you most excited about um, for IKEA in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, uh, as Sarah said, it's a super big question and uh, we are working a lot with sustainability and focusing so much in, on sustainability in, uh, in what we do in all our product development. And I think now we have been talking quite a lot about the physical uh, products and the materials uh, that they're made of. And, uh, and that is really important but because that stands for around 40% of our total carbon footprint at IKEA. So the material is uh, the, the area we should focus on the most. But there are also other, uh, other parts of the footprint which we can significantly uh, reduce. And one of those areas is actually in, uh, in lighting, where we switched to LED bulbs um, some years ago. And, and that is actually one of the hero products at IKEA when it comes to uh, reducing our carbon footprint. Uh, because um, you, have, you have an LED bulbs, it shines for up to 20 years. Um, and it actually consumes up to 85% less energy than incandescent bulbs. And perhaps this is a totally different uh, podcast to, to dig into this area, but, but it is super important and super interesting since it's almost a quarter of the world's energy consumption is used for lighting and changing then to LED is dramatically reducing the household electricity bills, which is, of course, important for the customer to save money, but even more important for the planet, of course, to, to save energy. So here we have made a tremendous leap when it comes to sustainability. And I, I think this I'm super excited and proud of, uh, of the journey we are doing at IKEA as well. That it's, it's not only... Um, about the products, but it's also actually making those big steps for, for the planet and environment when it comes to the use of energy in people's homes. And that also goes back to what Sarah was talking about, the scarcity of water, for example, where uh, Kitchen have developed this. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit more about that, Sarah, the, the water nozzle. Uh, the water nozzle, yeah, to reduce the water usage yeah uh, and we are actually working on it the final development right now but we have uh, shown it to the world uh, it's called Misten. Uh, so you can actually put this water nozzle on any tap in a range and it will reduce the water dramatically uh, but i mean you still get the amount of water that you need uh, so it's it's a really, really good product to reduce the water consumption. Uh, but then we, we are working with a water team, which I, I think you have also talked to Tobias and the company. Um, so we have a lot of different initiatives on how we can reduce the water consumption from appliances to uh, the water in the kitchen, but also in the bathroom, um, where we do have most of the water consum consuming appliances. I could honestly talk to you both all day about all this stuff. It's so interesting. <laughs> and you're right. We have um, in Australia heard about the the water tap that's going to save the world, I think it um, was <laughs> told to me as. So very, very exciting. Um, look, I just wanted to say thank you so much um, to you both for taking the time out to speak with us today. It's been a real pleasure um, and extremely inspiring to hear, you know, what's happening in in the, you know, within the four walls of, of IKEA production over in Sweden and really great to share this, these stories with, um, you know, consumers and people out there. So thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. 
Well, thank you so much to her uh, taking the time to listen. We love to talk about sustainability at IKEA. So, uh, <laughs> we do. Yeah, it was really our pleasure. It was so much fun to talk to you. And we can talk about this all week. No problem. <laughs>